What is up, everyone? My name is Brandon First, aka First Report, representing the ESBC Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, August 26th, 2020. And look, full disclosure, we had a full show ready for you. Um, and it really didn't have anything to do with what we are fully going to talk about today. But as of about uh, two hours ago, and literally news coming out as we speak, um, the NBA has canceled the full um, night of basketball. Two baseball games, including the Padres Mariners games, have been postponed because of social justice issues. So it is time for us to talk about that. And with help um, from that, I welcome in both 2016 California Junior College Coach of the Year, Brandon Lupian, and Josh Vizke. Brandon, Josh, we'll go with Brandon first. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? You know, um, other than this weather, heat, and humidity, I'm, one, I'm glad of being up, I'm off the tennis court. Two, dealing with the heat and humidity, just not pleasant. But, um, you know, I'm really interested to see where this, this show goes today because, like I say, uh, Wednesday, from Wednesday to Wednesday, <laughs> something always seems to pop off, and true to form, it, it's starting to. So I'm looking forward to today's show. Um, we have our Josh, who does a lot of political social injustice shows, um, our sports uh, shows, and, and he's going to be firing out of the bull and um, ready with his San Diego brown and gold Padre hat and his Clipper jersey, and um, ready to have a go at it, you know? A lot of the ammo, we, we kind of burnt through enough to bring that back. Yeah, exactly. And, and we, we kind of had to pull ourselves back, kind of like a jockey getting out, their horse getting out too quickly. Like, oh, oh, let's wait for the record. But Josh uh, is normally in the bullpen for this, just kind of uh, popping in here and there. But he, like we said, this is uh, the full court press on this subject that um, we expect to fully get into. Josh is definitely the local um, political um, expert of the podcast. So he, what he brings to the table is uh, invaluable. Josh, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. I'm setting up uh, the Periscope that I accidentally let go, trying to get Raider Jim to come on, give us his perspective uh, and wisdom. Anybody uh, has anything to add, feel free to uh, comment. Uh, Josh is also going to be watching the, um, the comment, uh, the chat area. So if you have anything you'd like to add or ask, feel free. Please do engage in, in what's going on today. We encourage it and, and we look forward to it. Right, right. So uh, the way you end this, I'll give you with the solutions, right? Because what I get paid for is to give people solutions. That's what I hate when uh, I'm watching... Uh, television. I'm watching uh, a live stream. People have a lot of uh, questions, but they don't have a lot of answers, right? And uh, I'm an answers guy. I know me first, doctor first, always just wants to hear the end of the story. He does not care very much about the middle of or the beginning, he wants to hear the end. So I will give you the ending first. 
And the way Manfred, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, the way Manfred Silver ends this is by, uh, well, first I've been asking for a long time for Adam Silver to resign as uh, commissioner of the NBA for a list. I have a list of 25 items that he should be fired for, you know, uh, meaning uh, China would be the first one that comes to mind. But the way he ends it, the way Manfred ends it, the way Goodell ends it, is for asking for the immediate uh, firing and the immediate arrest of the police officers in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and all of the police officers and administration involved in the Breonna Taylor massacre. And again, people are jumping on on Periscope that I just got on. Feel free to ask questions. We had a lot of questions on Saturday that we loved and we had picks too. <laughs> people are giving us two picks on Friday. So feel free to give us picks. Because at the end of the day, we're a picks sports betting podcast. And that's what we're here for. However, with that being said, these things affect the betting markets. And the referees, right, that makes this political, are paid by the leagues. And, you know, we have a guy like Wolfline and all these people saying, hey, how can the Denver Broncos get $20 million from FanDuel when FanDuel's the bookie, right? Because it's political. It's uh, selective prosecution. Now, what is selective prosecution? Selective prosecution is that even though somebody has committed a crime, I'm the sheriff and I choose who to lock up and who to cuff up and who not to, right? So what a lot of people are saying, what professional, it's not, I don't care what I say, what I say, it doesn't matter. What are these athletes that are, are, are playing in these games and managing these games like LeBron? What are they thinking? What they're thinking is that selection prosecution has gotten so screwed up that they now need to get involved and get police officers locked up in Wisconsin and in uh, Kentucky with Breonna Taylor, right? So that's how um, it goes down, right? That's how you stop it. And that's how you win this. How do you guys think about it? Well, I'm sorry. No, no, you go. Perfect. Okay, well, do you lock these guys up or not? Do you lock these cops up, whether you think they should be locked up or not? Should you come out and say they should be locked up to make your players happy? Well, before that, okay. One, I want to see your list of 25 reasons why um, the NBA should fire Adam Silver. Two, because you have a deep list of 25, I want to know who your selected candidate is to replace them. Now, in regards to pleasing the NBA players, I think this league, out of all the major league sports, is the most open to pleasing their players. Is it about locking up the cops that, that committed these crimes? Um, yes. But we all know that there is this social justice system put in place. And unfortunately, it doesn't always benefit the innocent or the victims. Um, and it doesn't always come when we all want it to come. And that's just what it is. Is it right? Is it wrong? 
hey, it just is what it is. And until we all vote, right, because that's what's next. It's the vote. And 26% of Americans. Yeah, but there's a problem. Thank you for interrupting. Hold on. You know, but you know what? It's all out of our control until we take control. You know, and, and I'm not disagreeing with what you say in regards to um, those cops. I'm not disagreeing with you. But we all know that it just can't happen that way. So. Right. So let me interject about and this is what I was going to say because you got to a point about the vote, right? Okay. The problem with the vote is that both sides are wrong on this issue when you talk to Black Lives Matter and people that are right on the one side you have law and order Trump, right? You got that. On the other side you have Biden who voted for the 90 uh, in the 90s, voted for a bill that locked up uh, a large percentage of the black population and nobody has put more black people in jail in California than Kamala Harris. So the vote in this case, the vote is out. Because either side you vote, there are people who have disenfranchised uh, the black community. And then we've got some great podcasts, folks. When you want to get to this, that's why we, we stayed away for it so long, because we gave a complete job. We gave phenomenal people. We gave prominent attorney, uh, Lauren Johnson Norris, who's going to be the mayor of Irvine, who eventually is going to be governor of California. She broke down A to Z, including uh, the problem Biden and Kamala Harris has, that they did not allow black people to this day to have a jury of their peers. This is too easy for judges to kick off black people off the jury. All right. Then we got our own Dr. Steve, who started with us on the on the NFL betting podcast, and he's gonna come on again for the NFL. He broke it down from a 15-year veteran as a police officer. Uh, now he's written, written 23 books. Uh, now he's a consultant for law enforcement agencies, right? And he came up with reforms, right? And how to come up with citizen review boards that aren't getting paid off by uh, city council people, right? So that's the problem with the vote as far as that's concerned. So votes not, in my opinion, is not important. I think what's important is for Adam Silver to listen to those podcasts, Manfred to listen to the podcast, and come out and say things that'll calm down the players and get them back on the court. Um, for me, you know, when you, when you talk about the vote, what I would, what I would also suggest to, you know, you talk about Trump, Biden, blah, blah, blah. Look, uh, very few people are really um, going to be as affected by that election rather than your local and state elections. Your local and state elections, I believe, are a lot more important than what happens on a presidential level. Um, yeah, we see that face or we see that, um, we hear that voice or whatever, that platform, that's fine. But more, uh, more effect to you is what goes on in your local city council, what goes on in your city and what goes on in your state. Um, so I'll just throw that out there as well. So um, be just as mindful uh, about those elections as you are the presidential one. Um, but in terms of what's going on, obviously in Kenosha and um, really everywhere um, at the moment is it's it's so unbelievably unfortunate. Obviously, um, we seem to be 
kind of deja vuing all over again. Uh, seems like the two week cycle or the two month cycle has kind of wrapped its way around and we're back here again. Um, and my question for NBA players uh, and Major League Baseball players or any other players who are going to boycott is what, um, where does it end? What is um, the final action? Because as much as um, the beliefs um, in those athletes and those institutions, they aren't going to be the ones that spur change. Um, they might get a conversation mm -hmm. going, but getting Adam Silver or, or, or the, the Bucks or these teams boycotting is not going to, um, you know, stop the pain for a lot of people or stop even the violence in situations. So my question would then be is what would be next? I don't think we know yet because I think we're also talking about an entity that has hundreds of different opinions and hundreds of different voices. So there probably isn't even a collective one right now. But for me, as someone who looks at sports as a distraction from all of this um, in terms of what to be, what, what can we expect now um, in terms of coming forward? I don't think there's a wrong answer. I just think um, an answer needs to be made. But the one last thing I will say when it comes to the NBA mm -hmm. is um, I'm not going to lie. I don't hear a lot of some of that stuff, especially what LeBron James says, because he's so boisterous about this, which is awesome. And it's great. But he is absolutely silent when we talk about the uh, Uyghur people. And I, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. I spent the last half hour verifying if that was the actual way to uh, pronounce it. But the Uyghur people of China, who, as I speak at this moment, are being um, enslaved and killed in um, what are essentially re-education camps um, just because of the fact that they're Muslim. And this is a corporation that is taking money from that country. So while they obviously are using this platform to um, fight for that, I, I, I wish they would use their platform to actually um, fight for um, the, the Uyghur people who, like I said, as, I, as we speak, um, it, it's, a, it's a genocide, nothing short. Um, going on right now and this isn't the 1990s this is this is a year of um social media and everything and it's happening right now so that's the only thing that bums me out and i guess maybe gives me pause um i don't think it it lessens the movement for me at all it just gives me pause um when the nba comes out on this you know that's their prerogative i just wish they would be that forceful when it comes to actual things that i think it could change which is pulling out of china um, unless they do something about that, I think that would be a step in the right direction, but we're not there obviously yet. So. And people can, uh, and I encourage people to go to the beginning of each NBA podcast where I list, you know, six or seven of the reasons why. Uh, and, and Dr. First was doing the NBA podcast before we switched it to Sarah. Uh, and the first thing, is it, remember that? You're like, oh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> then it changed to, okay, what's the list of reasons you want to have silver fire? But he touched on one of the biggest ones, right? China. He never should have. Uh, I'm going to say it the way uh, I, I've been dealing with some African-Americans. And uh, there's just a certain way of talking. And the way they would say it is, Adam Silver should have never fucked with China. <laughs> he should have left. China alone. It, and I really, 
uh, I tell that to real estate people, anybody, China is a communist country. If you don't get this, doesn't matter how nice that person is in front of you. If they say they haven't, uh, even if they do, but if, starting point, if they haven't told you that they are relocating to the United States and becoming U.S. citizens and renouncing the Communist Party of China, you can get that on video, then they're part of the communists, the CCP, right? In the, in the CCP's ultimate goal, salesmen think short-term, businessmen think long-term. The ultimate goal of the CCP is to take over the United States economy and destroy the American people, okay? I'm not the only one saying that. You can read the book, The Stealth War. You can type in um, both sides, right? The Stealth War, uh, even though he worked at the Trump administration, he's a Democrat. Or you can listen to Pino Navarro, who's a Republican, right? Or you can listen to Don Jr., what he said at the convention, right? Or you can listen to Joe Biden. All of them say that these are all Chinese communist agents. So the result of that is that Adam Silver should have never done any business. He's well, lost money. And as a result of losing money, he didn't pay me my, um, my uh, NBA lead pass, even though there wasn't any basketball. So in regards to him doing business with China, yes, wouldn't you say that's something more he inherited from David Stern? No, <laughs> no, he, he went full in. David Stern kind of was like in the middle and uh, he went, Adam Silver did an initiative himself. And then he brought uh, LeBron and all those guys in there. And this is number two. He needed to educate LeBron. Nobody, and I'm sorry, who's his, his agent, Josh Paul, who didn't graduate from high school anyways. The guy's a brilliant man. He's making him a lot of money. But they, had, they did uh, LeBron's regime and Adam Silver that's reason number two for him to be fired, did not educate themselves on who the Chinese Communist Party is and how they operate, like we're doing now on this podcast. So as a capitalist nation, right, and everyone wants to make money, including Adam Silver and the NBA, your reasoning for them to stay out of China and avoid billions of billions of money revenue was, is to not get involved with them anyway. Yeah, because it's a Ponzi scheme. They're a communist country. So when it's a Ponzi scheme, it's like Amway or multi-level marketing, those people that have a bunch of junk in the uh, garage, the money, right, uh, collapses. It's like a Bernie Madoff. You don't do business with Bernie Madoff because it's a Ponzi scheme, right? That's why Kevin Bacon lost all his money. So all that money is fake money. It can't circulate because it hits a dead end in China because they're a communist country, and because there's a communist country, the money doesn't circulate. In a capitalist country like we are now, the money keeps circulating all the way until the underground, right? That's why they keep the drug trade going, to keep the money liquid. The money stops in China, and 100%, it always stops in China. That's why communism doesn't work. That's why Venezuela, right? Bankrupt. Nicaragua, bankrupt. Cuba, bankrupt. North Korea, bankrupt. Russia, bankrupt. Why? Because communism doesn't work, and you're always going to be in a Ponzi scheme. That's why you don't fuck with them. <laughs> so, Use the so, words of my, uh, my African-American clients. So to, to, so to speak, right? Right, right. The only one, and if you've listened to any of the past Wednesday shows, 
the only one that's really benefited from the Ponzi scheme is Bobby Bonilla. From the top, yeah. 100%. 100%, right? <laughs> Dell's been things long, a short term. This has been things long term. He says, oh, don't give me $10 million now. Give me one every year until I die. <laughs> well, and then it was the, the Mets, you know, just absolute bewilderment that this, this Madoff character is making him so much money. Sure, we'll pay you later. Oh, wait, that money actually isn't real. Um, but just and, and people I, in the Ponzi scheme, the people at the top get paid, right? So Bobby Bonilla yeah. would be an example of somebody at the top. Bernie Manoff always paid the banks, right? Always paid Jeffrey Epstein's had his hands in it. He always paid Jeffrey Epstein, right? The ones who didn't get paid were the people, the poor people at the bottom. And uh, just to bring it kind of back, um, back, back on track a bit, um, I will say and. I've actually been told that this phrase comes from my privilege. So, okay. Um, I would just say, I want to wait for the facts to come out um, in terms of what's going on. Believe me, the, the video of, uh, of the, of oh, goodness gracious, Mr. Blake, um, it, 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 it's bad. Um, but I, I did read or did hear um, and I don't know my exact source, but I haven't heard any backfire on this is, you know, the, the gentleman did have a history of concealing weapons with cops. And then when you know that, and when you watch the video, reaching into a car over the seat, you know, um, I, I, I kind of brought it up earlier. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm not, as you can see, if you're watching or, or um, if you know me, I am not a man of color. Um, I've never been discriminated against that I know of. Um, and, sure, yeah. and converse, I'm sure I have too, but not to the, not to the point where we are seeing people that knowingly see it on a daily basis. I don't, I'm oblivious to it. Um, which thank God for that. Um, and, and conversely, I have also never been a police officer. I have never been in a do a, a line of duty where when I clock on my life is on the line. So at this point, um, I, I just offer prayers, not really opinions, because I'm, I've never lived it. I've never been in the middle of it. Um, but I, I, I'm kind of a factual-based guy. Josh alluded to it earlier. I don't really want to know the middle. This, like this right here, as, as, as cold as it sounds, all, all, the, all the chatter right now is just that. It's chatter. I kind of want to fast forward um, to the end, and I alluded to it with Brandon Lupian. I am really worried about the end because the way I know my, our justice system works, I, I watched the full body cam footage of George Floyd. There isn't going to be a jury that is going to convict Shelvin of anything less than manslaughter. Um, and even that would be a stretch. I read an article today of 10 separate defense attorneys who have already said that in a court of law, they don't see how a jury is going to convict the Breonna Taylor um, killers. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just conveying what I've read. I'm not a lawyer. I've never been there. I've never, I'm just conveying what I've read. And I think in terms of what I was going with towards the, when we get to the end of this, when the law has made its decision, and unfortunately the decision is going to come out the way I, ex I, I would assume it will, this is a small 
compared to what we will see if Chauvin or the the um, the police officers and the Breonna Taylor situation um, get off. That's what I'm looking at in terms of uh oh. But those are just the facts I've seen in the last couple um, co- last couple weeks. Well, let me let me ask Coach a question. Is it not about incidental as Brianna Taylor, George Floyd, but is it about Eric Gardner, Sandra Bland, Admin Arbery, and 20 others, Idalo, right? Is it more about the list of 20 people that have gone publicly? We've seen video, Mike Brown, Tehran Martin. Is it a systemic issue with all those people? Or is it these isolated incidents? You know, I think I think the buildup has to be about not just those 20 people that you listed and not just what happened this week, but uh, as a whole. Right. Most definitely a systemic issue. And um, and change needs to be done. Right. And how soon that change is going to happen? Nobody knows. And um, I've seen a number of posts, and, and, I, and I don't want to misquote them because they're strong, and they're really strong against this social injustice. But, um, you know, when, when the phrase was uh, land of the free, it didn't include black lives, you know? And um, this movement is bigger than just the few recents. It's, it's a generational issue. And um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, because to me, I'll say it personally, right? I'll take it for me. Uh, for the most part, right? I don't care if I don't have any control over it or can do anything about it, right? I don't care. But you have to be aware of your surroundings. <clears throat> and I remember the Diallo case, right? That's when a cop stuck brooms up his ass uh, during a stop, you know? And it was nasty. And I'm like, well, I can't do anything about it, okay? So you go from there, you go to Trayvon Martin. And you can't do anything about it, but it ended up bothering me that I set up a life policy, I bought a gun, and I knew where George Zimmerman was. And it wasn't for my wife. If I was single at the time and wasn't married at my wife, I would have attempted to murder George Zimmerman. And for a while after my wife talked about it, I still had those angers and helped me at the gym because I used that anger to lift weights about George Zimmerman. And it made me feel better when George Zimmerman got attacked. From George Zimmerman, we go to Eric Garner, I can't breathe. Then Mike Brown happened all the, during that time, right? And you have uh, Obama was the president, was a black president during that time. And I was like, oh, I thought we had a black president that was going to help all this. Then you go, uh, the one that bothered me just as much as George Zimmerman bothered me uh, was Sandra Bland. Sandra Bland moved from Kansas City 
to Texas for a job. She just got a job and she was driving to that job. And I remember she going to a job. It makes me cry. All she wanted to do was go to a job. She gets pulled over, right? And she gets killed for no reason. And that's the big, out of, just as bad as Breonna Taylor, right? How many times have you gotten a job and you're happy? I've gotten a deal. I made a lot of money. I take the money and I go on vacation and I have a steak or whatever. All she wanted to do was get a job. And she gets killed for no reason other than the fact that she's black. All right? Then you go from there, you go to uh, Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor and Wendy's right races start talking about somebody's criminal record. That's basically branding, hey, you're a racist, right? I'm a racist too, so I'm not going to sit there and judge, but that's what you are. You want to talk about George Floyd's background? You want to talk about the guy who got arrested for background? That, that, that basically is you're putting a sign on your head that you're a piece of shit racist, which is okay. I'm not going to judge people. So... You go from Sandra Bland to Eric Gardner to George Floyd. You go to Ahmaud Arbery. You go to me, right? I mean, you know, hey, stolen vehicle recovery. The scar right here is a police officer picking me up and slamming me up against a car. I had zero. You want to talk about? You want to talk about record, right? Right here, a scar cop picks me up, bam, slams me up against the police car. I got zero criminal record, man. I got two master's degrees, security license. Stolen vehicle recovery from Largo, otherwise known as Larghetto. Last time, I did mouth off. The cop goes, oh, this is stolen vehicle recovery from uh, Largo. And I'm like, what, did they teach you that at white supremacist school, right? So you get older and I got cops who are in law enforcement and these cops in law enforcement send me a check, dog, $20,000 check. Who's that from? Oh, that's from the white supremacist society who pay off cops, right? And they get extra money for beating up and killing black people. And some guys, you can't blame them. Some guys make $50,000 a year and $100,000 from white supremacists. Okay? So that's reality. That's the world we live in, right? So from a sports perspective, how is it that Adam Silver and Manfred are going to fix this, right? The only way they are going to fix this is by saying that these cops need to be arrested. They're not even going to get arrested. They just need to say it, right? And a lot about what's going on, and it's very interesting that Laura Ingram has has standed down. Because Laura Ingram made that flippant racist remark about LeBron James saying that LeBron James should shut up and dribble. Right? 
So LeBron James is like, well, you're going to say that. I'm going to keep talking. And if we can escalate it, we can escalate it. Right? Now, the timing of this is interesting. During the Republican National Convention. Trying to torpedo Trump's uh, appeal to suburban moms last night by Melania, right? Melania, Melania Trump was the first one to mention George Floyd at the Republican convention. Did she do that by accident? No, they're trying to get to the suburban moms. NBA needs the suburban moms. Let their kids watch basketball, right? The Utah Jazz has white people. The Denver Nuggets has white people on the team. And historically, the Boston Celtics have had white people on the team. Why? Because the suburbs is where the money is. You need white people to pay for season tickets and for uh, expensive sodas and stuff for their kids. Same thing for baseball, right? You need Eric Cosmer. You need Will Myers on the Padres. You can't have an all-black Hispanic team because the suburbs, La Jolla is not going to show up. That's just the bottom line, right? So again, how do you fix it, right? Very easy. Hard to do, but very easy. Manford and uh, Silver and Goodell. And Goodell's pretty much done it. Goodell may not have to say something again, right? But, but uh, all of them need to come out and say, hey, the cops and Breonna Taylor need to be... I mean, if McConnell, Mitch McConnell said it, it shouldn't be hard for Adam Silver to say, right? Because they're on both sides of the aisle. Silver is, gives $5 million to the Democrats. Mitch McConnell is the head of the Senate for the Republicans. So if Mitch McConnell can say that Breonna Taylor's cops need to be arrested, Adam Silver, it should be easy for him to do that. And the same thing, he needs to say that the cops in Wisconsin need to be arrest. Then again, why is everybody so upset? Because it's an accumulation of, because who cares? If that cop would have killed me years ago, uh, let me see, probably about maybe five to ten people would have cared. And I'm lucky that I have five to ten people that would have cared if I was dead during that time. But I am completely irrelevant. The problem is <laughs> this has happened too much to too many people. And it's not even a racial thing. You see all these white skaters out there who've been harassed by cops protesting and getting mad. White poor people get uh, harassed and arrested just as much as anybody else. So this is a police brutality issue. This is a white supremacist society having too much money and paying too many cops. A lot of cops aren't racist, right? They just like the money. They've been divorced. They got four or five kids they have to pay. So a $50,000 check from the uh, white supremacist society comes in handy sometimes. So that's, that's the problem, and that's how you fix it. All you have to do is come out and say, these cops need to be arrested, right? And then... Listen to the podcast with Lauren Norris. Listen to the podcast with Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve from the right 
Lord Norris from the left, and you have pragmatic, actionable steps to fix the problem as a whole. And then on Saturday, we'll come back with the election betting podcast, and we'll go into detail. All the triggers that are out there. Last week, we did the triggers from the left. This week, we do the emotional triggers from the right. And we'll put them all together. And you cannot have more education than what we're giving the people. So that's what's going on. And I don't think anybody's getting more detail than that. You know, most definitely listen, go back, listen to the podcast. I know on the website, we've cleaned up a lot of the stuff, reorganized some things to make it a little bit simpler for you to navigate. So check out the old podcast, listen to them. Josh mentioned before recording, uh, bringing back that Dr. Steve uh, podcast, which is invaluable information that's out there. We post it everywhere. Yeah, I thought both of them were good. Lauren Johnson's was good and uh, Dr. Steve's was good. Both of them together. It's something we talked about with uh, Sarah on Saturday, that it's no tolerance anymore. Zero tolerance for anybody. This has gotten too crazy. And uh, like, if you say all lives matter, you're a racist. You know, and if I'm close with a baseball bat, I'm gonna try to hit you with a baseball bat, and I'm gonna try to kill you. So it's gonna be best for me to just stay at home or for you not come up with all those all lives matter uh, type stuff. This is zero tolerance time and zero time, time for everybody. And I, I encourage people to watch the first episode of Hard Knocks where George Stewart, the special team coach for the Chargers, made a very good point. And he says that it doesn't matter who you are, you're protesting. If you're Black Lives Matter, you're protesting. If you're All Lives Matter, you're protesting in your own way. Right? So everybody's pro, if you're not saying anything, right, white silence is compliance. If you're not coming out against racism, you're a racist, right? It's black and white, right? And I think this is very good, especially with football season coming, because football season, we got talking about football, it's black and white. Another great podcast, we've had a lot of them. Listen to the podcast, Faith Family Football, with Houston Baptist head coach Vic Sheely. All right. And listen to what he said at the end of that podcast. He had a lot of great nuggets, right? You're talking about a guy from the South with black, with white players on there. You've got our guy Ben Rasslaff out there, you know? And this is a, a, a racially integrated team that's coming together with differences of opinion, right? But they have structure. And that structure relieves stress. So when you have structure, when you relieve the stress, right, when you listen to everybody and you make yourself clear, then at that point, you can make, you can move forward, right? And that's what Adam Silver needs to do. That's what Adam Manfred needs to do. Roger Cordell, to his credit, he's made himself clear, right? He's apologized for the whole kneeling thing, right? That's all been very, very clear. Uh, Sean Payton has made himself clear, right? He just kicked somebody off the team 
Because he, why, why did he do that? Because he's making himself clear, <laughs> right? He's like, I didn't stutter. You can't violate protocol. What you just did, you're out, right? Drew Brees has now made himself clear. Everybody is very, very clear as to what is involved. Everybody needs to make the decision and say, hey, am I racist or not racist? I'm racist, right? But I have it out in the forefront. And I don't allow my racism, right, to discriminate against somebody based on uh, biases that I have, right? I, I don't personally think there's anything wrong with racism because it's being aware of your surroundings and being able to be alerted to when danger comes. It's primal, right? The problem is when you're hypocritical, right? When you're racist and you say that you're not racist and you take somebody's money, even though they're black, even though you hate black people, right? That's the problem. I think uh, once people are clear, then we'll get past a lot of this stuff. But I think the audience has a clear view. Nobody's saying, oh, oh why, are, why are people writing, right? And uh, a lot of racist people are saying, well, all of the writers are looting. No, that's not true. The people that are looting are choosing to protest by looting. And that's a very, very small percentage. Most of the looters are belong to criminal drug rings, to criminal burglary rings, and they're not, they're choosing to protest that way. Most, most are not. But let me know you guys' uh, last thoughts. So I manipulated that when I got upset about Sandra Bland. Uh, I mean, I, I, I pretty much laid down everything I need to, to uh, lay down. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we didn't know what kind of spin this show was going to take. Um, and that question I asked in closing is, what are you going to tell your team? Hold on. Like I said, I didn't know what kind of turn this show was going to take today. And I think that in full disclosure, um, Dr. First announced that from the beginning. So, you know, what am I going to tell my team? I'm going to tell them, keep their eyes open, keep their hearts full and keep your head on a swivel. You know, um, it's hard for us to meet. We're not allowed to meet, but we are actually weekly doing zoom meetings and yeah, you know, be, be, uh, be, uh, be aware of your surroundings. Um, you know, this is such a hot topic as of today. You know, I, I really don't want to say something in haste to those guys or gals. Um, and it, it's going to be one of those things at the end of the week when I meet with them that there's going to be a lot of thought behind to it. And, and I'm, from now until then, things may turn. We don't know what the outcome is be tonight in Wisconsin or even for tomorrow is going to be forward with NBA, MLB, and are actually in training camps. And the NFL has taken a strong step in regards to voicing their opinions in, in 
recent past history. So, you know, we don't know what turn this is going to take. And um, by, by Friday, I'm sure I'll have something a whole lot more telling to talk to them about and, um, and move forward from there. So. Yeah, and I think what's important for everybody is to educate yourself and not just look and get one source of information, right? Try to go to multiple sources, including calling people, calling somebody who thinks the opposite of you do. Look at all the, the resources available and don't take anything as gospel, especially when kids are in school. You know, and they have access to the library and they have access to uh, databases that sometimes you only get when you're in school. I would encourage as an educator for them to go to JSTOR, right? J, capital S, O, R, right? That's a great resource when you're in school. And look at all those articles. Look at all those uh, PD articles from both sides, right? And then from that point, then start drawing opinions. You want to leave the educational podcast. Want to finish with some Dodger talk, or? Yeah, we'll do um, our Dodger briefing. Okay. And going to do any Steve Fisher? No, you know what? I think uh, the time is is passed for that. Um, let's leave that for a more convenient moment. But um, go ahead with your Dodger talk. And I, I was just checking Twitter to see if there's anything with the Dodgers uh, as of today. So that's so just. A, we're on that, but go for it. Yeah, well, the big news with the Dodgers and the Steve Fisher thing that I like that he says is that when you like doing what you're doing, your life goes a lot easier. <laughs> it really does. Uh, it saves you in uh, moments when you think something's over and then it just creeps back in. It's almost like uh, Godfather 2. Just when I thought it was out, it pulls me right back in. <laughs> but what happened last night so what are your thoughts, uh, Dr. First? Kenley Jansen, right? And this is the big load of the Dodgers. The Dodgers are probably flowing. They're 20 and 6. Kenley Jansen comes in last night, and he's supposed to have all his problems fixed. And he comes in with a gasoline can in his hand and gives up a one-run lead late for the Dodgers. Well, you know, the one thing you can say about Kenley Jansen is – you pretty much can pick when he's going to struggle uh, against which teams. I mean, even against the Padres earlier in the year, I, I know the Dodgers won the game, but I think the bases were loaded by the end of it, or uh, I know he had given up a run. Um, but Kenley Jansen against teams that don't see him on a regular basis is a pretty safe bet. Um, and I think the, most frustrating part about Kenley Jansen is you actually watch him pitch in those outings and you wonder how anybody can hit him. And then you see him against, I mean, that pitch he gave up to Brandon Belt. Look, Brandon Belt isn't what Brandon Belt used to be, but you can't, I mean, you're up by a run. I mean, everyone's in scoring position. Everyone's swinging for the fences at that point. Um, and, and whether it's just overconfidence in himself or over familiarity with the Giants and the Padres. And oddly enough, not so much the Rockies, but he, he even struggles against the Diamondbacks. Um, and I, I mean, the, the Dodge, the Giants are the only team that really have been somewhat consistent against the Dodgers. I, I know the Padres took the first two 
a couple weeks ago, but the last two were rather dominant um, for the Dodgers. But the Giants seem to have their number, and more importantly, Kenley Jansen's number, which is a big – this has always been their problem, uh, or their weakness, I should say. It's not so much – believe me, compared to some bullpens, they're just fine, but it is a problem 100%. Right. And then, uh, obviously, Gabe Kapler has targeted the Dodgers because he, he, every game is like the seventh game of the World Series, which you don't blame him. Hey, what do the Giants have to do? <laughs> What, what other thing on the agenda do the Giants do than to pester the Dodgers? I think the big key for the Dodgers is Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly's hurt. But he definitely needs to be that buffer uh, between Pedro Baez. I think Julio Urias has proven that uh, the fact that he's a wife-beater, domestic violence guy, has bled into his professional life. And uh, he, he's a disaster right now as a starting pitcher, so he'll be a bigger disaster if they bring him in the playoffs. So from a betting standpoint, that's what you got to look at. However, do not let that cloud your judgment. The Dodgers are going to continue on that massive roll that they're on. They're 20-7, and seven, uh, including fixing things against the very, very, very annoying uh, Gabe Kapler, at least when he was <laughs> against the Dodgers. Last night he was – switching uh, pitchers every three batters and uh, having a guy pitch to one guy and then doing two unintentional intentionals and loading the bases for that one matchup that they've been studying all summer for. So you got to look at that uh, with uh, Dodger Giants games, but look for a return to the mean and I meant to put all those picks up there for baseball, but I'll look at them and put the ones we have left. And, wow, uh, today's been a big lesson for those listening to the Dodger briefings and trusting your instincts. Something told me not to study the NBA games today. We said the games on plants. My first instinct told me not to study them. So we didn't. So there's no baseball, uh, basketball that we'll post up there. But we are going to post the spreadsheet, right, that has the Dodgers on there. And the Dodgers have made us a lot of money. I've bet them the last 23 days, and I am 16 and 7. What does that mean? Profit. 52.5% is break even. We're at 70 to 80%, especially MBA. And that middle is compound interest. So, with all these riots that aren't going anywhere, all these social justice problems that aren't going anywhere, the recession that is going to stay there, right? 52.5% to 70% is compound interest. And in the last podcast with Jason Maverick from Toronto, he did a great job explaining why compounding in a capitalist society is so important. The idea behind compounding. And then we added compound interest into it, and we added exponential growth, right? What does it have to do with the Dodgers? The fact that the Dodgers have won 16 times, that each win compounds on every other win, so you make what? More money. And that's what we're doing, and that's the purpose of the Dodger talk. So bet the Dodgers every day until the playoffs. And then 
when you watch the playoffs, listen to the Dodgers briefing, and we're going to tell you how Joe Kelly, Pedro Bias. I think the key to the Dodgers in the playoffs is Pedro Bias and Joe Kelly. And then Kenley Jansen, when you're placing your bet on the Dodgers and Kenley Jansen in the playoffs, remember that he's blown every uh, lead in the playoffs he's ever had. So I have a question for you. Yes, sir. After Joe Kelly's five-game suspension, he got hurt? Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. He hasn't served his suspension, actually. Really? Yeah, he was He got hurt in the, while waiting for appeal. Uh-huh. Um, got hurt. Obviously, it was reduced. Yeah. You can't serve on the DL. So he is still hurt. He will come off the DL and immediately serve the four or five games. So it, did, so it was a, it was originally a five game. Didn't it, oh, I think eight. It, it was eight originally. Eight to, eight to five? Gotcha. Yes, eight to five. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, so it happened. He appealed. And then while he was pitching, I mean, it, I, it's not karma because I don't think he really did that much wrong. But it right. was kind of like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have appealed it. But, I mean, injury was going to happen anyway. It's unfortunate, um, especially in a 60-game season. But um, as a Padre fan, you're, you'll get absolutely no sympathy from me. So he'll heal. He'll serve a suspension, get stronger. And technically strengthen that bullpen for their stretch run. The hottest team in the MLB right now. now. The way I look at it, if you can plan it, you know, Joe Kelly goes, okay, hey, I'm five days out. Okay, activate him from the DL. Now, it's an inexact science, but, I mean, it's easily manipulative. Manipulative? Manipulated? Manipulated. Um, So, I don't know. I know a lot of baseball injuries aren't exactly an exact science like that, but if you can be in that border area, you can somewhat take advantage of it. But um, yeah, like I said, it's the Joe Kelly situation. If the Dodgers don't win the world series, um, it's, it's um, probably not fully going to be because Joe Kelly, I know that would be, and I fully agree with Josh that, because I talked about it last podcast with the Dodgers is, you know, Kenley has his struggles, but and then you get the eighth inning with Trinan, but it's it's getting there. It's the bridges there. Not everybody's going seven innings, so it's getting there. And and Joe Kelly is a massive part of that. Um, and it's but they also have a situation. I mean, I read an article today that, and this is a bit fanatical, but they were talking about maybe the the Dodgers going and getting Francisco Lindor and Mike Clevenger for, and giving up Gavin Lux, um, and then a couple other guys. And for me, it's just like okay. Uncle, you guys win. Like, can we get? Can we move out of this division? Like, there's no, no one can compete with that. If you guys bring in Clevenger and Francisco Lindor, it's it's over, game over. I mean, that's a that would just be a nightmarish scenario. But that's what the Dodgers can do. Like, if if they all of a sudden go, wow, Kenley's struggling. Now let's just go get another All Star bat and an All Star arm. Okay, done. Next. Um, Now, I hope I didn't just speak that into existence. Um, Because it was a rather obscure article that I read. Um, Threw it out there, man. (laughs) I know. Well, what can you say? But that's just my my take on the whole thing. Joe Kelly, um, I don't think he really deserved the suspension. I understand why the MLB did it. But, I mean, technically he didn't didn't hit a single batter. And as he did literally everything he's supposed to, he walked away from them and the others came at him. But it is what it is. We all know why. Um, It's funny. We laugh about it. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, it's the Dodgers who are affected, so you're getting absolutely no sympathy from me. But as a baseball fan, yeah, it's a bit hard luck for him. Yes, 
right? Well, the thing is that this is just a crazy year, right? But uh, he might not never serve the suspension because other teams are now coming to his defense, which has never happened. So there's a lot of things that have never happened in 2020. And this is the first time that a major league player has been put on suspension and his appeal uh, witnesses from other teams are coming in and uh, throwing in their two cents on Joe Kelly, why Joe Kelly shouldn't be suspended. So the crazy year continues. And one thing uh, that hit me like a ton of bricks, very interesting, is what Coach Suttle said in our NBA podcast. And people keep downloading it, and I, and I agree with him. There was a lot of coaching nuggets in there. And one thing he said was that eventually analytics will hit a brick wall. And the Dodgers analytics just hit a brick wall every time. That's why they haven't won the World Series. So let's see uh, whether – because I think that happens, right? Uh, the Dodgers in life. Yeah, you come up with a plan, everything goes. But things get crazy, and you have to drop the gloves and start in the middle of a boardroom saying, hey, you want to throw down here? Throw down because I'm going to hit you. And keep hitting you until the cops come, right? And, and then the guy backs down, and you get a signed contract, right? And you got a bunch of MBAs in there. You got a bunch of lawyers. <laughs> got a bunch of smart people, right? When it comes down, sometimes it gets down to that, right? And I think that happens where it gets down to uh, people making pitches and people coming through in the clutch. And if you can't do that, you're not going to win a title. And the Dodgers haven't done that yet. So it's very interesting how the brick wall – because trading a Gavin Lux, that's analytics, man. 100% analytics, getting rid of a guy like that. And if you're going to do that, uh, that's fine. And obviously, they, they haven't just doubled down on analytics. They've put down $7 billion on analytics. And all these people got so much money that their great-grandkids are rich. So they can afford to be wrong. However, on this podcast, we can't afford to be wrong. If we're wrong, we lose money. That's why <laughs> That's why our opinion carries a little bit more weight. And sometimes, hey, we'll bet against the analytics so we can get – so we can cash our ticket. <laughs> because when we go to the window, if our ticket doesn't show a winner, then there's no money, no money involved. That's why our opinions are more important than, you know, Colin Cowherd or Max Fraud or Stephen A. Moron, it's because if we're not correct in the outcome of their our games between 52.5% and 70 to 80%, you don't get that compound interest. You get that doctor money. Final thoughts, guys. Uh, you know, just for me, I, you know, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully everything works itself out. I don't have high hopes, but... Um, Hopefully we can get sports back. Um, that's my main yeah. um, main situation now. Yeah, and the fact that you never have high hopes makes you the great sports better that you are. <laughs> the more cynical contrarian you are, you better you are at sports better. Yeah, great my, final, to the podcast. my final thoughts, great work with that Dodger talk. You know, you brought in a, a lot of things that may be overlooked. Um, so – Dodger fans, heed Josh's words. 
and make that money once we get back to it. And I and uh, we'll get back to it fast. We'll get back to it fast because uh, that'll be it. Uh, for me. Yeah, it, it, the 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 answer is simple, and I, I don't think I think the Padre game's been the only one suspended so far. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, two games. Reds, uh, Reds, and Brewers were actually the first. Got it. Um, they were before the Padres. Right, and then Seattle's had problems with the riot, riot cities. We've had problems with the riots, and remember to bet those cities <laughs> once they come off riots. <laughs> I should have bet Seattle last night. <laughs> and we always close because we give away all our picks, man. We're making money off our picks. So we always close with Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the EFPC Podcast Network. I'm the best there is.